Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1251, air date June 30th, 2023. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Um, today, we're going to be doing a discussion, an interview with uh, David Naster out of New York. And uh, David is a comedian, but he reached out to me because he was very interested in why I'm running for president, particularly he had seen the Swarm video and David really wanted to know um, more of my background. And he also felt that America really needs someone who, you know, has invented email or who's an engineer, is a scientist who actually understands systems. So David and I are going to be doing an interview uh, about that. Many of you know I'm running for U.S. president in the United States. Um, and you can go to shivaforpresident.com, which is listed right there to learn more. But most importantly, one of the things I'm really into is educating people. And I've created an entire system of knowledge for that on really educating people how we build um, uh, people who actually do systems thinking. So, and we'll talk more about that in, in our conversation with David on truth, freedom, health. So that's what we're gonna be talking about, but the title of today's talk is why America needs the inventor of email, and you're looking at him as this next president. And by that, I mean um, someone who actually has built technology, who understands systems, who solve problems, but also has been a ground activist. So let me bring in David. David, are you there? I'm here. All right, David, go ahead. I just introduced people that we're going to have this discussion on why, uh, you know, I've entitled the conversation why America needs essentially a president who actually understands technology and systems. Go ahead, David. Thank you. Welcome, everybody, to the Just Have to Laugh podcast. I heard out there in 52 different countries. I am thrilled today to have Dr. Shiva. Dr. Shiva, I'm embarrassed, sir. Would you please give me the correct pronunciation of your last name? I don't want to. You're just Dr. Shiva Ayadure, but you can just call me Dr. Shiva. That's fine. Thank you, sir. And for our listeners, may I read uh, your credentials, please? Unless sure. you'd like to share. Sure, go ahead. Okay. Uh, you uh, attended MIT, a PhD. You're the inventor of email. You're a scientist, an inventor, entrepreneur, and Fulbright scholar. You hold four degrees from MIT, including a PhD in biological engineering. You've started seven successful high-tech companies providing thousands of jobs in Massachusetts. Your life has been about solving very tough problems by identifying the root cause, bringing people together to innovate real solutions. And now you want to serve America beyond the left and the right to deliver solutions we need and deserve. How did I do? That's pretty good, David. You got it all. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. And I thought, that, I thought this was interesting because I want to set this up before we, before we get into having you explain about what I saw in your videos and to share with everybody. I thought this was interesting. Dr. Sheba, about you is that you're not, you, you are one of us. You're not a lawyer. You're not a lobbyist. And you're not a politician. You are running for president of the United States. And your love of medicine and complex systems began in India. And you became intrigued with medicine at the age of five as you observed your grandmother, a farmer and healer in a small village in South India, apply, is it called Siddha? Yes, Siddha, S-I-D-D-H-A. Siddha, India's oldest local village of uh, 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 modern system science, information technology, and Eastern and traditional systems of medicine to developing an integral framework linking Eastern and Western systems of medicine. Fascinating. Why what, the degrees that you got from MIT, what were they and why did you choose to do that, sir? So David's question is, you know, uh, what are my degrees at MIT and well, it's interesting. You know, um, a lot of people may or may not know, you know, I uh, before I came to MIT, I actually had created the first email system while I was a high school student, David. So actually, when I finished up high school, I was 
uh, sort of, I don't want to say burned out, but I was sort of done with technology and actually just wanted to, uh, you know, one of my interests is actually art and design. And I actually wanted to do more design work. And I wasn't really interested in even going to college, believe it or not. Um, all of this happened somewhat fortuitously because uh, a friend of my, uh, uh, actually a friend of somebody my mom had helped, uh, two women who uh, were not treated well by the people they were with. My mom actually met them at a shopping mall. My mom was one of these good Samaritans and she met these two women and she said, look, um, uh, I think uh, one of them was being thrown out of her home by her uh, abusive husband. And so my mom said, you could stay at our place. We had a, you know, we had a very humble home, but in the basement, my mom had built a little bedroom with a bathroom, you know, like essentially a little apartment. And so she let these two women stay there. And one of them had a friend who was a sort of a wacky mathematician type. And uh, he found out that I was into technology, had created the first email system, was good at math and all sorts of interesting things. And he told me, oh, you should go to this place called MIT. And he brought in the brochure, which was the brochure for the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And I had never heard about MIT, which is quite fascinating because when I grew up in New Jersey, I'd originally grown up in Patterson and then in Clifton and then in Persephone. The reason I give those names and finally the last three years, my parents moved to a very wealthy, uh, predominantly Jewish neighborhood called Livingston, New Jersey. Um, and Livingston was, uh, uh, my parents, whatever money they made, they would move to these public school systems that were better as sort of the Indian model. And Livingston was predominantly Jewish. And I was out of the 4,000 kids there. I think me and my sister were the only two Indian kids that anyone had ever seen. And so you can imagine this is in 1970. Um, there wasn't much guidance given to me, David. So no one even told me about MIT, even though I was the, um, you know, I think one or two in the entire class of 900 kids. Um, you would think that people have told this math guy, you know, who MIT was, but no one did. So we didn't get, I didn't get a lot of guidance, but this guy told my, uh, told me you should apply to MIT. And I remember looking at the brochure that he presented and it had a big dome on it and a big, looked like some crazy institute. And I thought it was a mental institute. So I had no interest in going there. And um, so I didn't apply. Two weeks before the application was due, he came to my home and sort of said, I'm not leaving until you apply. So I applied. And um, I got in. And then um, when I got in, you had to come to MIT for these things called these interviews, right? Okay. And when I came for those interviews, um, we had to go through this process of, you know, meeting different people and walking around the campus. And I thought the whole place looked crazy. The, the students there looked nuts. They didn't look healthy. Um, and I had no interest in coming, believe it or not, even though I was accepted. And I had, um, you know, I had gotten a scholarship uh, from another grant. So I, you know, I, I had worked hard and I had some student loans that I would have to take out. But anyway, I decided I had no interest in going because primarily because of what I saw the place to be culturally. So anyway, when I came back to New Jersey, one of my teachers um, who was a physics teacher had actually been in the Holocaust, you know. Um, she had those marks on her hand. She goes, oh, my son is at MIT and he's doing, I'm getting some feedback from your phone, David. I don't know if you're hearing that. I'm not hearing no, oh, okay. it. Yeah. I'm not hearing it. So anyway, um, she uh, uh, is the one who suggested that I go and she said, forget 
MIT, you'll like Boston. Boston is a very interesting place. And so I decided um, to come to MIT. And when I came, I was really, really interested in what I call systems. I wasn't that interested um, in the engineering aspect because a lot of the stuff I'd actually, believe it or not, done in high school, so I was a little bit bored. So I was really interested in large scale systems. And I ended up um, doing my bachelor's in a field called electrical engineering, you know, computer science. Um, and it was more, um, but really focused on large scale systems. And when I finished that degree, by the way, when I was at MIT during those four years, um, I also built my own student newspaper. Um, we started understanding that the left and the right had nothing to do. I was, I was very much into politics, political systems theory. And I realized that the left and the right were essentially two wings of the same bird. And I learned that in 1984, you may remember there was a guy called Jesse Jackson. I don't know how um, old you are, David, but Jesse Jackson was running against a guy called Walter Mondale and um, what's his face? Uh, Reagan. Okay. And it was not that it was not that dissimilar to now. People were very uh, disaffected. Uh, they didn't like the Democrats or Republicans. So this guy Jesse Jackson comes into view, and um, Jesse Jackson essentially puts forward this notion that he is representing, you know, he's an anti-establishment candidate. Okay, and the net of what happens is Jesse Jackson at the last minute after he very much like what Kennedy and Trump were doing. Okay, are doing today. He says, well, you know, we have to choose the lesser of two evils. And he gives all of his votes to Walter Mondale. And so that's when I realized that the, the two aspects of the establishment also have these wings, the left wing and the right wing, no different than the, a bird having its shoulders. They also have these wings. And that people like Jesse Jackson were used to corral the working class. They would say all this anti-establishment rhetoric, words, but they were used to corral people back into the arms of the establishment. Does that make sense? Of course, yes. Yeah. So there was this very, very powerful model that these people were using, which was to speak the words, but they had no interest in ever executing on those words. So I became very, very aware of this. Yet yeah, someone said 1984, like the book. Exactly. It was in 1984. Um, so I never voted ever in my life. So I, I was, again, interested in systems. I finished my a degree at MIT. I, I, I went to a startup and we did some of the first presentation graphics product. Uh, the predecessor, you know, graphics on computers were just coming. And I helped to create a product um, which could do graphs and charts and essentially the predecessor of PowerPoint. And we sold that to Lotus. And then um, because of my interest in design and art, I came back to MIT in 1989 and did a there was a very new laboratory forming at MIT called the Media Lab. And the Media Lab's claim was that they were gonna to bring together artists and technologists to do really cool innovation. And so I came back and I studied under a woman called Muriel Cooper. Muriel Cooper is known as a grand dame of graphic design. And um, my work there was trying to integrate um, modeling, you know, large scale mathematical modeling with visualizing it, right? So in 1980s, in the, in the mid eighties, like we do all these great graphics now, animation on the computer was just starting to come, computer-based animation. So what I ended up doing for my master's work at the Media Lab was creating um, very cool methods of visualizing data. 
In parallel, another professor at the Department of Mechanical Engineering said, hey, it's nice you're doing this stuff, but you should get back in engineering. And I ended up do, in those two to three years doing two masters, one in visual studies, essentially a degree in architecture, and another one in mechanical engineering. And in that uh, degree, what I did was I um, solved, helped visualize and solve a very interesting problem in, in the field of sound acoustics, in uh, ultrasonic acoustics. Um, you know, when you speak, when you send electronic uh, or acoustical waves through materials, they form beautiful patterns. And in the um, 1800s, a gentleman by the name of Lord Rayleigh had predicted if you send a wave through certain types of composite materials called anisotropic materials, that it would create a fishtail wave. Now, he did it on pen and paper, David, and no one had ever visualized this. So with the advent of modeling and computing, um, I modeled this very complex phenomenon. And because of the graphic experience, I was able to visualize it. No one had ever seen this before. And that was my, so I did two masters, um, finished that and um, started my PhD work at MIT in a field called information cybernetics. Um, and it was really uh, the beginning of what you call artificial intelligence. And I was creating an Uber platform, which means a massive platform that I could analyze all different kinds of patterns your face, you know, my grandmother could read your face and decide what kind of health problems you had, uh, ultrasonic wave signals, speech signals, handwriting, documents. So that's what I was in the middle of doing in 1993. And it, um, as some of you may remember, that's when the web took off. The web, meaning the internet, the rudiments of the internet had existed. But in 1992, 1993, the World Wide Web came into being which, being, which was essentially a graphical interface on the internet, which allowed us to create web pages, right? Which Average people can do websites. So um, at that time, the White House, the United States White House, which was run by Clinton, um, if you remember, when I invented email in 78, email was really an inter-office application. You don't need the internet for email. A um, lot of idiots, um, you know, who uh, frankly are racist, who don't want to accept the black and white facts that I did invent email as a 14-year-old kid in Newark. They'll say, oh, the ARPANET guys. Well, the ARPANET guys didn't do jack. They didn't invent email. They created, at best, a caveman version of Reddit. I created email as a system, but email was used in the office situation because it was a replica of the inner office paper-based mail system. So between 1978 to 1992, email was really used in the office environment. But when the web came, um, people started building graphical user interfaces on the web, and email got ported to the web interface. And that's when consumers started using email. So then you started seeing things like Yahoo Mail, Hotmail. And at that time, the White House was starting to get tons of inbound email coming in. So, you know, um, email is a much more prolific medium where anyone could send lots of mail. Um, and, and the White House was getting 5,000 emails per day and they were doubling, which means the White House uh, couldn't handle all this email volume. You follow? So they started looking for technologies which could automatically read an email and automatically categorize it. They had 147 different categories of email. And the, the government at that time was very concerned about death threats to the president. So one of, my, one of the things that they were interested in was running a contest to see where their technologies, quote unquote, AI technologies, which could read email and automatically bucket them into different kinds of death threats of severity, as well as other categories. Anyway, long story short, I was the only student who was asked to participate in that competition. Um, and I, uh, 
uh, won it. I actually won what's called the Lemelson MIT. I was a finalist for the Le Lemelson MIT award. It's an invention award. And after I won it, a lot of people said, look, you could always do your PhD. So I left MIT and I started a company called Echo Mail, E-C-H-O-M-A-I-L, which was my second life with email. And there, what I ended up doing was creating very powerful technologies, got three United States patents for automatically reading an email, analyzing, and also creating a response. In fact, many of our patents are likely being violated by ChatGPT, and we're probably going to be filing some important lawsuits against them. So that's what I did, right? So that was supposed to be a two-year exercise, ended up becoming 10 years. So between 1993 and 2003, I ended up running a, a quarter of a billion dollar company. We grew it uh, very successfully, um, really pioneered the entire field of email, email management, uh, which is now a multi-billion dollar field. And then I came back to MIT in 2003 to finish my PhD in a field called biological engineering, David. Um, biology was going a revolution where we realized that um, the human being is not just a gene. It's not the genes who determine you, but it is the epigenetics, and which is a modeling of molecular pathways, chemical reactions. So I ended up creating another new technology called Cytosolve, um, which is essentially a way that you can eliminate the need for animal testing. And we can mathematically model um, uh, diseases on the computer. And that's been the last 16 years what I've been doing. And we've discovered some very powerful combinations of natural products that can uh, you know, uh, really have tremendous effect on osteoarthritis and cancer. But that's what I do full time. Um, so, but you know, in the middle of that, because of my love of politics and medicine, in, um, but to answer your question, I have four degrees from MIT. I'm a Fulbright scholar, uh, have won many, many awards. Um, uh, many of the uh, you know, important research societies I've been inducted into, but that's what I do full time, separate from my love of politics, running for office in 2018, against a woman called Elizabeth Warren, and in 2020, in the Republican primary where we, where my work exposed that the government and big tech are one, that we started the Fire Fauci campaign, and we also exposed the fact that, um, uh, you know, these lockdowns were unnecessary. While Robert um, Effing Kennedy was supporting lockdowns, and now he claims he's a fighter for the people. He's a complete scumbag. So that's the background. Well, yeah, I, I think in, in one of your videos, Doctor, that was one thing you you, know, you talked about the influencers, and they'll just say anything to get people to vote for them, but have no intention of ever following through. Yeah, many of the influencers are people listening have to understand they're basically prostitutes. Um, Kennedy calls them up, gives them views, clicks. Um, so you have all these conservative influencers. One day they were sucking up to Donald Trump. Now they're sucking up to Kennedy, and then they'll go suck up to someone else. Um, they have no principles, no ethics, and many of them actually get paid, David, to put this fool uh, Kennedy on who completely abused his former wife. Uh, you know, he's a complete moron. He's completely made up by a PR machine. Aren't, aren't, aren't they all? I mean, when you get that they're all they're all made by them, but the Kennedys particularly are institutionalized public relations, starting all the way from John Kennedy, who was a reckless moron also you know he's been made to be some camelot and some martyr the kennedys and these people are very good at creating fake martyrdom for themselves and um the pr machine that runs the kennedys could literally take a manson and make him look like he's christ and people buy it people buy it because they've always they've been told the american people have been told uh, uh to become fat dumb and happy 
and not to have any self-respect anymore and to outsource their future to stupid people like the Kennedys and the Trumps, people have golden toilet seats and never have endured anything of everyday working people. And so our campaign for president gives people a real option, says, look, I'm one of you. I came bottoms up. Everything I have, I've earned, just like you guys. So, but the real issue is galvanizing people to start having self-respect for themselves and letting go of the lesser of two evils model. I think that's what's so interesting about the, your one dot uh, com is you you have three things that everyone uh, is wants to have, which is truth, freedom, and health. Truth, right. freedom, and health dot com. That's what we all want and strive for. Yeah. So when we, you know, so the the words truth, freedom, and health, David, they're not just words. It's a very powerful system of words, which reflect the three most powerful forces in nature. Freedom is represent the aspect of movement of information, matter, and energy known as transport. If you look at one of my control systems books, uh, they call that phenomenon transport, which occurs in nature. The second aspect is truth. Truth is really a process of conversion, which is another important aspect in nature. Con what do I call it? Conversion. Um, in order for truth, truth is really a verb. You take a bunch of crazy ideas, right? And Or when you innovate or to discover something, you put all these ideas out there called hypotheses or guesses. Then you apply the scientific method and then you get to truth. And then the truth also gets continually refined. It's a process of conversion, which also occurs in nature, transport and conversion. So that's, uh, you know, freedom and truth. Health in many ways is a structural part of you or the infrastructure without you having health, um, you can never fight for freedom. You can never fight for truth, right? And what is health? Health is your infrastructure. The structure or the infrastructure aspect is the third aspect of, uh, of every uh, aspect of nature, transport, conversion, and structure. So truth, freedom, and health is a reflection of these three very fundamental forces. So um, as a part of that, David, you know, over the last 40 years, I built, you know, I used to teach a course at MIT in system science. So when you saw that swarm video, the reason I was able to take a little, you know, marker and go up on a whiteboard and do that with such ease was because it's taken me sort of 50 years of understanding this. But the world is composed of systems. The next president of the United States better understand systems. Otherwise, they're going to be used by whoever, whichever force wants to give them money. And they basically are mouthpieces. So when I said, you know, why America needs the inventor of email as its next president, you know, email is not the simple exchange of simple text messages. It is a system. It was the inbox, the outbox, the folders. It was the blind carbon copy, the carbon copy, the memo. All these things combined together to create a system. You know, I never claimed to invent electronic messaging, which dates back to Samuel Morse, but I created the system, which, which was what we know as email today. That's what email is. And there's no and controversy your, about that. So, And one of, your, one of your books is called Your System, Your Life, Your Body, Your System, correct? Yeah, yeah, I have it right here. One of them is called Your Body, Your System. So when you understand the principles of systems, you pretty much can become the, your own healer. You can become your own doctor. As Hippocrates said, he who is not his own doctor is a fool. And so the science of systems gives you these fundamental principles and nine principles. By the way, you can apply to your body, you can apply to politics, you can apply to fixing a computer, you can apply to anything. My view is every child should um, learn system science. And what I've done, and from a philanthropic standpoint is, we encourage 
um, you know, adults to donate about a hundred bucks to the Truth for the Health movement. And when they do that, any adult gets access to the entire program, but they can then give it to as many children as they want. So let me repeat that again. We want people to invest a little bit in themselves, but a, a, a mother, a father who goes to this program or anyone can give it to as many, you can give it away to a, a million children if you want, because children need to understand, in my view, even before reading, writing and arithmetic, they need to understand system science. Um, someone uh, uh, said here, the whiteboard system of the swarm and 8 billion should be sold as posters. Yeah, so we're putting that together, Kanara. It'll be coming out shortly. Um, the good news is a lot of people uh, like Kennedy uh, will literally steal my stuff. <laughs> um, and um, so we've luckily copyrighted that and it's, it'll be out there shortly. But- no, you, you you mentioned, excuse me, you mentioned the uh, uh, the AI, the BGT, uh, 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 what is that again? ChatGPT, yeah. ChatGPT. You know, doctor, I was thinking about that, watching that, being an author myself, going, with all that stuff com coming out right now, plagiarism's gone. They can take any, that's grabbing from everything out there, and somebody goes, this is my original idea, where there's no, you know, there's no, there's no source in it. Yeah, so, so there's going to be some interesting court battles on this. One of the things I just want to uh, share with David, if we can take a, just a quick five minute break is, I really want to emphasize to everyone that the science of systems is the future. If you are anyone listening to this and you're trying to figure out why the world is so fucked up and you don't understand it or you're getting desperate or you're getting complacent and you want to choose a lesser of two evils, if you understand the science of systems, which is, by the way, about 10 to 20,000 of the elites learned the science of systems. That's why they're able to manipulate 4 billion, 8 billion people, right? Um, that my intention in a very subversive and a radical way was, as my great grandfather said, ultimately, it is um, knowledge which is going to liberate people. Uh, Buddha said it is ignorance which is a cause of all suffering. It's a great slogan. So I'm just going to play a quick video for people. Um, okay, but, we'll, take, we'll take a five minute yeah. break from this podcast and then, and then we'll come back. And Doctor, when we come back, I would like you to do uh, also address this as how how the uh, the swarm, explain what the swarm is, but how the swarm also in, infects our food, which gets us to think different and slow us down and make us fat and lazy and ignorant. Yeah, I'll do that. So let me, let me just play this video for everyone. Um, this video that I'm going to share with you, some of you may have seen it, but hopefully it'll inspire you and your children and your family to recognize that we need to build a bottoms up movement. The concept of a movement um, in the world of systems is known as a self-organizing system. We are little elements of a much larger um, system, but we can also consciously choose to get conscious, if that makes any sense. And that consciousness emerges when we actually understand the dynamics of systems. But without that knowledge, we're all screwed. The elites know the knowledge of systems, and they use it for achieving power, profit, and control. The 8 billion people of us on the world, us versus, it is us versus them. And don't let anyone say, oh, we're going to heal the divide, like stupid Kennedy says. Yeah, he wants to heal the divide so we don't shatter the swarm, okay? But there is a divide. There is a real divide, and it is us versus them. So anyone who tries to mollify that and smooth that over is frankly trying to sell you a, a you know, false bill of goods. So let me play this video. And as people are listening to this, recognize that anyone can learn this. You don't have to be an MIT student. I've made it very accessible. So you can go to truthfreedomhealth.com, but become a warrior scholar. Contribute to yourself, but it's a way that you can support this global movement. So let me play this video and we'll be right back.
We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to and we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four year old kid studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media, we need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We wow. gotta train people. First with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Truth, freedom, health. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up. Working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, Forget celebrities, you've got to learn politics. And there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhealth.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics and I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. 
we need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. Now, the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com. So people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhealth.com. played for people. So the reason I wanted to play that video in this conversation is that truth for the health is really fundamentally itself. David is an innovation. It's a system of knowledge. It's a community. It's technology. Uh, a system is not any one thing. It's the interconnection and the infrastructure that we put together is to really enable people who all work hard in a very rapid way to learn this very, very deep knowledge. So that diagram that I did on the swarm, it's very potent, you know, in about 15 minutes, people can really understand in a simple pen and whiteboard drawing, who is the swarm as I branded it. It's not the swamp, it's a swarm. The swamp denotes it's in one location. Do you know what I'm saying, David? The swarm is, is it's distributed, it's multiracial, it's global, it's decentralized. And so the swarm um, needs to be understood from that standpoint. It is a system and the swarm has a goal like we talked about here. And that's, there are nine principles in system science. The swarm's goal is power, profit, and control. And they are, in order to achieve that goal, they have to know where they are today. So that's why they have all the surveillance systems. The surveillance systems enable the swarm to really understand where things are going. Well, if in their view, things are going in their direction, if people are getting more unhealthy, fat, if people are getting more ignorant, dumb, and if people are getting more entertained and, and uh, distracted, you know, you could call happy, fat, dumb, and happy. But most importantly, the, swamp, the swarm knows that they're doing the right thing if they see people getting more divided and disconnected. And the last, the coup d'etat of all of this, the swarm really knows they're doing well if you start looking to them and their people for their leaders, not guys like me, one of us. And that's where they really succeed, David, where they manipulate people to think a Trump is your leader, okay? Or where you think a booby effing Kennedy, you know, is your leader, you know, who's never really worked a day in his life, who could get away with, literally the whole family can get away with murder. He can get away with spitting in people's faces. He can get away with potentially, you know, uh, the level of abuse he did to his, his women and many other women, that's fine. So the swarm is not one of us because they do not live by our rules. They have their rules and they all protect each other. And so this is the most important thing that the swarm knows. If you now start to break with them, you say, you know what? I really like this guy, Dr. Shiva. He's one of us. I'm not going to, uh, I, I, I'm realizing that Booby F and Kennedy or uh, Donald Trump, even though they talk the talk, they can never walk the walk because they never had to walk the walk. 
And once people come to that conclusion and they realize that you're going to break from them, that's a disturbance, which is a third principle in system science to their goals. But until we recognize that we, 8 billion people, need to start valuing and honoring the leaders who come from below, they have us basically manipulated, David. So it's not the obvious establishment, you know, the Fauci's and the Clinton's and the Obama's. That's easy. The Bush's. The not so obvious establishment is who the swarm uses to manipulate people back to them. And that's why I've been so vociferous, so um, scatological in some ways, you know, in attacking Kennedy, particularly because he's a complete fucking scumbag. And he... Who are those people, Dr. Sheba? If it's not the Kennedys and it's not the Clintons, Obamas, or Bushes, whatever, who are the who are those people? What do you mean? If it's not them, they are part of the swarm. They, they are part of the swarm, but I thought you said there's other, there's others as well. Uh, yeah. So who is the swarm? So there is no. So first of all, the word swarm um, is denotes it's not. If so, if you were to go out on, sometimes you see it in the in the woods, or sometimes you see it over the beach. You'll see these birds flying, right? And right. The, the flight of these birds is not any, you know, is not any one individual is in control, okay? Um, it's they themselves form an intelligence among themselves. Does that make sense? It's not only any one bird, okay, or any one particular uh, individual that's in control. Uh, let me give you, uh, you know, I'm bringing up an example of what a swarm looks like, okay? A swarm, again, is not any one, it's not the 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 control is not localized okay it's distributed this is a very important part of system science and this is where a lot of the quote unquote conspiracy theorists get it all wrong because they think it's one individual who's running all of this okay it isn't it is a, a a i'm showing a let me just show a little screen here for those people listening a swarm is not any one particular um it's like uh you know it's it's distributed okay so, for example, I have a picture of these all these birds. I'm not going to play the video, but it's a whole group of birds, but they come together as one unit. You can think about uh, a bee's uh, or a hornet's nest, right? Um, it's not there's not one thing in control, but it's the whole aggregate. So that's a swarm. So who who's a swarm composed of here? As I did in that diagram, but it includes various set of system of systems. It includes the 100 university presidents, for example, who are interconnected to the 100 people who control the major nonprofit organizations, who are then interconnected to, you know, the 100 leaders of the biggest investment banks in the world. And this is global, right? Um, you know, the top 10 uh, heads of the central banks, um, the major uh, Hollywood celebrities, right? The top 10 influencers from Joe Rogan, to fucker Carlson, all these people, all these people are part of the swarm. And if you don't recognize that, you really need to watch that video again and and so on. So it's it's a system of system of people are very interconnected and they literally physically hang out together. They go to the same restaurants. They are within one or two clicks on the cell phone from each other. Their children uh, probably go to have the same nannies and you can go look at it, but they're very highly interconnected group. And it's a finite set of people, but they control systems of systems of systems. The front end of that swarm that you see when it comes to political elections is the obvious establishment. Like I said, the Clintons, the Bushes, where you say, oh, yeah, we don't like those guys. But the, but the not so obvious establishment, 
like the Trumps, like the Kennedys, like the Bernie Sanders, like the AOCs, like the Tea Party, all of these folks um, are ultimately in one wing of the swarm or the other, either the obvious establishment or the not so obvious or the left or the right. And the only way that you know that these people are not part of the swarm is that someone who's truly fighting against them, David, will be made invisible. That, you know, in 2020, if you go, look, I did a video before they caught on to the fact that you had a, a serious engineer scientist who was also going to fight for the people. My videos would get about 100 million views, 50 million views. When I got back on Twitter, when I first got back on after two months of being essentially exiled, um, you know, I did a tweet asking Musk, hey, why don't you make me Twitter CEO? That got nearly 20 million views, 500,000 views per day. And shortly after I started exposing, he's another swarm creature, uh, Elon Musk, um, complete bullshitter. Um, my views have now gone, gone down around 5,000 views per day, okay? Because I started exposing him. So it's like apartheid, right? You put people in a cage, you, you give them the illusion of freedom, but you make sure free speech is not free reach, which is a violation of really the philosophy of the First Amendment. That's why Elon Musk is part of all of this. He's not a genius. He's never really made anything of significance. Everything he does is hijack other companies and put his name on the front of it. That's who he really is. And I, by the way, I challenge Elon Musk, if you want to fight, you know, he wants to go fight Mark Zuckerberg, right? I don't know if you saw this, David. Yeah. Right. Well, you know what? I'll fight him. How about I get to fight him in a cage fight and we'll see who wins? Because him fighting Zuckerberg is, you know, the same stooges who are part of the government. It's a swarm acting like they're working class people fighting each other, you know? But these people are billionaires who have to, you know, who have to get, have to pay people $100 million to actually probably even teach them how to throw a ball. They have no talent, physical or mental, and they're essentially supported by their silver spooned upbringing. So I challenge Elon Musk. You can look at the tweet I just, I challenge him to a cage fight. And if I win, then we will remove the backdoor portal from government to Twitter that, that exists. That's my challenge. And will he take me on? Probably not, because he knows that he'll lose big time, physically and mentally and, and spiritually and financially. So and the people behind and the people behind him too wouldn't even take that risk anyway. You know that they, right. they, they wouldn't bother taking that right. Risk. But to everyone listening out there, you know, go tell Elon Musk that Dr. Shiva and he's got, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm older than him, that I'll let's put him, let's put he and I in a cage and it'll be to the knockout to the end. Okay. Not to some bullshit fight. Let's have a real fight, not some bullshit real WWE. Fight. And yeah. the winner of that fight, which I know will be me, after I win. I will dismantle the backdoor portal from government and, and will return the world to really have free speech. This guy's a complete bogus douchebag scumbag who Kennedy supports. He's saying, oh, yeah, he's protecting censorship. Remember, Kennedy is the one who was for lockdowns in 2020. He supported lockdowns. So our our campaign. Uh, yeah. You know what? I, I'll even take on someone said, could you take on? Yeah, it can be Elon Musk and Zuckerberg against me. They can do tag team and I'll take both of those fools on. Hey, buddy. And I don't take any steroids uh, like, you know, I've been pretty healthy and I've been an athlete most of my life. And I have, you know, I think much more natural talent than them because I've worked hard. And if they want to throw Robert Kennedy in there, too, I'll take all three of them on. But Kennedy, you know, and I, I by the way, I think Kennedy should reveal all the big pharma drugs he actually takes. You know, he speaks wow. against big pharma. I think all of these presidential candidates should honestly list, and they should all have drug tests on, on them, how many drugs that they take. All of them. 
Well, it's so obvious after a while, Doctor, that especially someone like Elon Musk and watch him and do that. I mean, I'm sitting there laughing. He's a front man. Come on, folks. Can't you see that? He's a front man. Right. He didn't come up with all that stuff. Oh, the electric car, the rocket, the this, the that. He's coming up. Now they're giving him credit for coming up with these incredible, efficient, mobile, single home dwellings. Nobody's got that kind of time. Well, not only that, the reality is there have been diagoliths in the world, you know. There are people who put in the time to create things, but he's not one of them, you know? Well, right, right, right. He, he's not the, the guy doing yeah, something, he, right? He's just yeah. a front man. If, if you, yeah, well, yeah, he's a government front man. Let's be very specific. He, the, the, the Silicon Valley guys knew that the old guard at social media companies like Twitter were being openly fascist. So they had to create the not so obvious establishment version of the old guard. And that's where Elon Musk comes in. They've created, you know, they spend more money on his plastic surgery, on his hair and marketing than they really do on anything else because they need to convince everyday people that this fool is some genius, but he isn't. He, he go look at his history at PayPal. The company was garbage code. If it wasn't for Peter Thiel saving him and then the, uh, Pierre Omidyar, this guy would be nowhere. And if it wasn't for government tax subsidies, Tesla would be worth nothing. And um, and you can go on and on and on. This guy is created by the establishment for the establishment, not for working people. Doctor, I want to. I, I heard the latest video you put up, and I want to jump into this one, and I hope this doesn't interfere with some of the stuff I told you in the pre-show interview I think to your folks. But I, I heard you the other day about they took NMN off the shelf uh, and that David Sinclair... Uh, you know, was part of doing that. And if, if you have the time and want to explain that here, you, you came up and a part of a, a supplement that will actually help people in their, it, it, to the health. And now the government took it off the shelf. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So what I talked about yesterday, and again, this is why America needs a president, the inventor of email and engineer, a scientist, because people are being bamboozled, you know, as president, David, I will keep doing these videos all day. And I know the presidency is corrupt. I know the executive branch is corrupt. And I know the judiciary is corrupt. So what do you do if you win the presidency? Well, if someone like me wins, I will use that as a megaphone to basically inspire, uh, excite people to action at the ground level by using that megaphone to teach people and educate people. So, for example, the video that I did uh, yesterday was to educate people that not only do the elites want to make you fat, dumb and happy and reliant on them but they also wanna actually kill you by denying you life-saving nutrients. So on the one hand, they're passing all of these policies. Um, there's another video, I don't know if you saw it, David, I did, it was called How the Swarm Kills You. And it was a video yes, looking yes. at their policies that literally result in biochemical changes to your body. And it's a very, by very way, good vi video for people. By the, way, by, the way, by the way, doctor, hold on just for a second. And I, I wanna tell all the listeners and all the 52 countries that listen, by the way, when I put up this podcast, I'm going to put all the links up to all these videos so they can you'll be able to see what we're talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, one of the and again to people listening in your podcast elsewhere, the way that you can help yourself and your family is to recognize number one, they're not going to do anything for you. And you think if you're being a quote unquote citizen by voting for one of these fools, you're actually falling to their trap. The only way things are going to change is if we build a bottoms up movement. Well, how do you build a movement? Well, you have to understand the science of systems. How do you understand the science of systems? Well, go to Truth, Freedom, Health, because I put together that it's been a life's work and no one has the money or the time to go study this at MIT or Harvard or Yale, you know, for 20 years. I've taken that knowledge and we've condensed it. So that's sort of the call to action. 
separate from that, David, is for people to support our campaign, Achieve It for President. But to your point with um, NMN, NMN is a supplement. It's a nutrient. It occurs in natural foods. And when you create a concentrate of the supplement, it is known to have seriously very powerful effects at anti-aging. Okay? Let me repeat that again. NMN it can have very powerful effects for anti-aging, right? And um, NMN was, um, uh, you know, the science has been around for many, many years. It activates in your body something called NAD+, NAD+, which is a product of proper mitochondrial respiration. And NAD+, is if you have proper levels of NAD+, you're going to essentially, you know, live long, right? And if your levels go down, you're not going to live that long. So nicotinamide mononucleotide, that's NMN, nicotinamide mononucleotide, NMN. So NMN occurs in foods, it occurs in uh, various uh, uh, foods, but people started realizing if you could put it into a nutrient supplement, you could really support um, sentience, David, which is anti-aging, Okay. So this scumbag, David Sinclair, who's at Harvard, right? Um, I never heard of this guy until recently. He goes and takes that supplement and goes to the FDA and files to make it, to get, uh, to do clinical trials on it, okay? And he gets the rights to do clinical trials. And then he uses a ruling, which is really scumbag-ish, which says, if something is going into clinical trials, even a natural product, it must therefore be removed as a dietary supplement. And that's what the scumbag did. Because I was, you know, I've been taking it and I've been experimenting with it. I, I experiment with a lot of different supplements. I not only study it at, from a biochemical level, but I also use my body and I, I you start getting an idea of what works, what doesn't. But, um, and everyone's got to do some level of experimentation. It's very personal. But I, I was trying to buy this a couple of weeks ago and I noticed from the supplier, Amazon had taken it off because he went to the FDA, he lobbied the FDA using this rule to say, oh, it should not be allowed. But this is a scumbag of the first order. So not only are they giving everyday people crap on TV, lockdowns, which make people lonely, all these policies that screw up your physical chemistry. So um, by the way, uh, the US lifespan is going like this. So your children will live um, a, a shorter lifespan than you. But more importantly, the substances that we know that are good for us, dietary supplements, they're banning them because they're making them pharmaceutical drugs. Does that make sense, David? It's quite well, fucked up. Well, and, and, and so obviously he's in with somebody with Big Pharma or somebody. He wants to take control of that and own it. Well, it's not only, remember, it's, so, so here's the thing. When people say Big Pharma, they are letting go of the entire swarm. You see, so I, didn't, I think we should use the word the swarm. The swarm involves big pharma. It involves academia. It involves the FDA. It involves the 600 billionaires. It involves Hollywood. It's all of those people, okay? Because you see Lady Gaga advertising for Pfizer. She's from Hollywood, okay? Her agent, right? It's all of these people are involved. So it's not any one person. So we have to get smart and take a systems approach to this. A swarm is a complex system which uh, takes advantage of you. So here's a guy at Harvard Medical School, douchebag scientist, works with the FDA, has probably contacts in the government, and then calls up Amazon, and Amazon takes it off because Jeff Bezos is another pussy. You know, here's another dweeb 
who never probably had uh, a woman as a life or, or, you know, now he's probably on testosterone therapy, but all these people are fools. You know, they're very insecure people who are really not that intelligent. They were at the right place at the right time. So, and so and David Sinclair is, is part of the swarm because he's doing that to benefit all these other different parts of the swarm. Yep. Yeah. So someone said they got it uh, from uh, 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 UK. Yeah. So why should you have to go to the United Kingdom to get stuff? You know, why shouldn't it be accessible here? So, so you can still get it. You can get it in, you can, in, in, in the United Kingdom on FMS. Right. But the point is that the FDA is the United States FDA, right? So now you have to go somewhere else. Now it's going to be like a controlled substance, right? I mean, it's all this bullshit you have to deal with. You shouldn't have to deal with that. This is a naturally occurring compound that because of this collusion, um, it's been, you know, the FDA sending letters out to vitamin companies saying you need to take it off or we're going to sue you, right? We're going to come after you. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Real, real, real quickly, I mentioned this before. I remember years ago I started the paying attention and listening because of my comedy roots to Dick Gregory. And Dick Gregory years ago. Yeah, I remember he, listening to him years ago. Yep. He said, be, be, be careful, folks. They're putting stuff in that food to make you stupid, to slow you down, to make you fat. You know, and he, he, he was doing that in, geez, 19, the late 70s. He was talking about that and uh, and continued to talk about it to the day he died. And, and you see with the, and that's what I liked about when you were talking about in, in the one of your presentations about the, the stuff that's actually put in, in our food to slow down our, our thinking and to make us fat and lazy. Well, it's not, again, any one thing, David. It's policies, right? So the biggest, one of the biggest things that destroys people's health is lack of community. You know, I was in Sardinia for about five weeks, and the number one, uh, Sardinia has the highest per capita people live over 100 years in the world. And the number one reason is not the food, it's community. When you, when these policies of lockdown were done, you made people lonely. There's been research by Stephen Cole since the last 14 years. There are genes in your body that get turned on and off when you get lonely. Let me repeat that again. And they're called a set of genes called CTRAs. And these genes, when they get upregulated, you will produce more inflammatory compounds in your body and less antivirals. Your body is big pharma. Your body is a pharmaceutical factory. And under the right conditions, your body will produce the quote-unquote antivirals, the anti-inflammatories that it needs. And under the wrong conditions, loneliness. So let's start with community. That's the number one reason people live long. You could, I'm not saying to people to go eat crap, but if you have friendships and you have close um, people that you can trust, that literally affects your physiology. So when they did lockdowns, David, in 2020, Robert fucking Kennedy supported lockdowns. Everyone repeat that. Robert fucking Kennedy supported lockdowns in 2020. Robert fucking Kennedy supported lockdowns in 2020. And that motherfucker supported lockdowns saying, oh, it was good for the environment. The climate change scam, David, another scam. Now he is doing interviews on Laura Ingram show and Laura Ingram, essentially a prostitute for Fox News or whoever she gets paid off by didn't have the decency to ask him that fucking question. Didn't say, hey, uh, Booby, in 2020, you were for lockdowns. What are you talking about that you were against lockdowns and you, you know, you, you were, you're against the constitutional attack of people? You supported the violation of people's liberty. So you have people who are manipulating people. Laura Ingram is a prostitute of Fox News. She is part of some agenda. So... 
the the right wing now is not saying anything against uh, Booby Kennedy, and the left wing doesn't say anything against Hunter Biden. But if you took a whiteboard, and maybe I will do this, David, and you looked at all of Hunter Biden's degeneracy and Bobby Kennedy's Booby Kennedy's degeneracy, I would you would probably get a bigger list on Booby Kennedy. But the so-called conservatives who talk about God and blah blah blah, family, they're supporting Kennedy. Give me a fucking break. Doctor, aren't you nervous? Or I guess you're not nervous or afraid about this, but how you're going to be shut down. You know, the, the we are already shut down, David. But look at my, again, I told you, my, I used to, you know, there's a, a long fuse report here. You can find it. It was put out by Stanford. This is what we found out in our law, uh, during our lawsuit. I was considered the top six um, most uh, uh, viral people on the internet. My tweets were equivalent to Trump's. You should go read the report because I would do wow. short tweets and then I would um, connect them up to YouTube. Trump couldn't do long form, I could do both. And so my tweets were as viral as Trump's. You should read the Stanford report. It's a 400, 300, 400 page report. So that's why I was taken off Twitter. And that's why Trump was, Bob, Booby fucking Kennedy was never taken off Twitter. Booby Kennedy is part of the deep state. He comes from the deep state. And so people need to get their head out of their ass about who this who this demon is. His voice reflects his demonism. All right. And people should go look at the Daily Mail article that came out by Maureen Callahan, which exposes the disgusting nature of this guy, how he treated his wife. He led her into getting hanged. And then after they buried her, he did this big PR thing, praying over her body. After the press left, do you know he, he had her grave dug up and bear, moved somewhere else? That's how much he hated her. This guy's a total scumbag. People need to wake the fuck up to the Kennedys in America. They're the biggest bullshitters. Joe Kennedy, the father, spent all of his life on public relations. The Kennedys are the biggest scumbags. They are man-made they, the Kennedy PR machine, I repeat, can make Charles Manson look like Jesus Christ. That is their real innovation. Yes, someone said, are the Antichrist? Yeah, if you want to believe in the Antichrist, that's who the Kennedys are, okay? Camelot, come on. Go read the history of John Kennedy's entire incident with PT-109. First of all, John Kennedy was never supposed to go into the Navy. He had venereal disease. Did you know that? I did not. Yes. He was denied access to the Navy. His father pulled him strings because he wanted his son to be in the Navy. They had scripted his story. He was going to be a naval hero. Then he was going to write a book. Then he was going to you know, become president. Okay. It was all mapped out. Just like, have you ever noticed how all of these fools, Al Gore and John Kerry, they all end up in the military and they never see any action. It's their fathers did it for them. You have to understand how well organized the swarm is. It's not you know, John Kennedy was manufactured. He was a complete fool. He should never have been in the military. If you go read the actual incidents of the PT-109 incident, it was considered one of the biggest blunders. And overnight, uh, Joe Kennedy paid off the Boston Globe to rewrite the story as though his son was a hero. Profiles and Courage wasn't even written by Kennedy. It was written by a ghostwriter. Step by step by step, the Kennedys are manufactured. They're manufactured quote, like shit is manufactured, that, you know? That, that quote, don't ask, uh, you know, don't ask what you can do for America. Don't ask what America can do for you, ask what you do for America. 
he ripped off that quote too. I found the originator of that quote. That's not his quote. Yeah, who was who was the originator? I can't I can't remember. But yeah, I but the Kennedys are completely manufactured, and they yeah. spent more time on getting the right shots, making sure they dressed a certain way. But they were complete scumbags. I mean, the other fool, Ted Kennedy. I mean, he murdered a woman here, you know, and then they brand him. Yes, he wasn't a good family man, but he was a great senator. You see, they always come up with these little um, little quips, right? Sure. sure. Booby Kennedy should be in jail for all the shit he's done. If you and I did what Booby Kennedy would, be, would, would have done, we would be in jail for, you know, a couple of lifetimes. No question. Now, but, but most of these people, most of these people that have become president are are manufactured, are, are uh, uh, a part of a machine, except for except for Trump. How do you explain that, man? What's that? Well, I mean, you know, somebody like Obama, you could tell was was actually, you know, uh, they were preparing him to be president. But, uh, you can just tell that because he didn't he didn't do anything before that. But then all of a sudden, Trump and, and, and of course the Bushes, we, we get that. But then when you get to uh, a Trump, how do you explain that? Were they just so sick and tired of Obama? No, you have to understand. Think about it from a swarm intelligence standpoint, okay? Okay, please, please. please. So you have to think about this. You're thinking in a very localized way. It's a very reductionist way. Think about it much more as swarm intelligence. It's more telepathic, okay? Meaning, okay. if you look at the arc of this, uh, what's going on, the establishment has lots of surveillance systems. And when I mean surveillance systems, data analytics to understand people's sentiment. The pollsters do it, the Nielsen's do this, the IRIs do it, okay? They're, these are companies, all they do every microsecond is to understand where people's sentiments are going, okay? That's what they do. So they know that the working people in this country, black, white, Hispanic, brown, red, are breaking away from the left and right concept, David. And every time they do that, they have to, look, 40, 50% of Americans don't even vote. They're not even registered to vote. I call that dark matter. And out of the people that are registered to vote, a probably at any point, only 50% of them actually do vote, okay? Which means nearly 70% of people don't even bother voting. Okay, that's dark matter, you understand? They do not want people to vote. In fact, they want people, and then the people that do vote, they have analytics on them, and they essentially want certain segments of those people to come out and vote. So you have to understand that, all right? So they knew that people are really, really pissed off during the Bush era. So they manufactured a guy called Obama. And a lot of Trumpers, 50% of people voted for Trump, voted for Obama. Go look at the data, okay? So all these working class people, and by the way, the goal of all of this is to manipulate the working class, black and white, to never break from the establishment and build an independent movement. And that's why if you go to Truth, Freedom, Health, and you take the courses and you get the understanding, you really get this very clearly. But if you don't do that, you're going to be always in a fog. You'll think, oh my God, Trump's our future. Oh my God, I think Robert Kennedy's our future. None of them are your future. You are your future. So what you realize is that Obama printed $8 trillion. They use this black guy, okay, to manipulate white and black people to think he was the hope, right? And what did he ultimately do? He printed $8 trillion. He did everything the establishment wanted. You know, when the banks failed, he didn't let them fail. He bailed them all out, right? 2008. So then they realized, shit, okay, now we use this black face. We need a, the white working class is getting pretty pissed off. Let's bring in the next guy, okay? They have a guy on the bench, and the bench warmer was Trump. So they bring Trump off the bench and Trump speaks all this shit, lock her up. Remember that? 
Yeah. Lock her up. Lock her up. Right. Then the next thing was drain the swamp. Who got locked up, David? Who fucking got locked up? Trump supporters got locked up. He didn't pardon them. He pardoned Jared Kushner's father who hired a prostitute to blackmail his own brother-in-law. That's who got pardoned. So you have to see things as they are. Ivanka Trump and Jared Trump made $675 million and stupid Jared, who would never have gotten into Harvard without legacy admissions, complete fool, got a $2 billion loan from the Saudis, okay? So don't, people should start saying, oh, Trump came in there, he gave up a lot. No fucking way, Trump made more money after he came. All of his businesses were frankly failing, all right? Politics became his business. Off of my work, he raised about a half a billion dollars on election systems and he never really did anything. So you really have to understand that it's all the spin. So Trump was brought in to manipulate the white working class who are getting pissed off to remain calm for four years. So that's why the Q movement comes. Oh, Trump is a seventh dimensional chess player. He can't even play chess, okay? So all of this bullshit got done and what occurred over the last four years? Hillary didn't get locked up. You got locked up. You got locked down by Trump. Fauci didn't get fired. Fa uh, both Trump and Kennedy during this time supported lockdowns. And $8 trillion got printed, 7 to $8 trillion in one term versus Obama's two terms. And 80% of that was wealth transferred to the elites. 600 billionaires made, you know, $2.3 trillion. So how the fuck can anyone say Trump helped them? He helped himself. And then he pays off whores as he needs. And by the way, you're talking to someone who gave Trump money, who put up signs getting frostbite in the cold for him. So I don't want to hear any Trumpers say, oh, well, you know, you're, you're, fuck you. I supported Trump. I don't think many people did as much as I did or my friends did. So I have credibility to speak against Trump. I've had two meetings with him and he has no idea what's going on. He's a front man. He's a front man. This is a money-making venture, okay? This is not about you. And even if he was a nice guy, you know, he gave me some nice gifts we have here at the home. That's not the point. He's not one of us, David. Now, doctor, let's talk about that just for a second here. How how do we know, how do we know, and this is a fair and honest question for me to ask, and how do we know that you are one of us and you're not one of this one? You should go do your research. Go look at my history. Where did I come from? What have I done all my life? Just go look at, you go look at all my videos and, and, and the truth will emerge for you. You shouldn't believe me. Go look at my, did I have golden plated toilets? Did, no, seriously, that's Trump has golden plated toilets. Did my papa give me money to go uh, blow it away? Nope. I had to earn every one of my money. Did I, did I like Elizabeth Warren say that I was a Native American to get into Harvard? Nope. I earned it. I got 800 on my SATs. Okay. Work my butt off. And now parents send their kids to consultants. Everything I have, I earned. And everyone should go look at my entire history. Go look at when I was 19, when I was 17 years old, I was burning the South African flag on the steps of MIT. I organized massive protests. I organized food service workers. I've been fighting my whole fucking life. You're looking at a real fighter. And that's why I challenge Elon Musk to a fight. He wants to do a cage fight. Let's take the South African racist guy who grew up in apartheid. You know, who apartheid people need to understand were 0.1% of the people thought they were better than the other 99.9% .9 and they pe kept people in cages. That's what they did. 
That's what Elon Musk does today to me because I'm kept in a digital cage. Why is it I do a little tweet and it gets 5,000 views? When I used to do a tweet before, I used to get 33,000 retweets. What the fuck is going on? Because I am not sucking, you know, what? Of Elon Musk. So you're looking at a real fighter. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you can just, everyone should go check out my history. Go study it. And you realize who I am. And you'll realize that you finally have one of you. And my intention is not, it's not about me. It's to educate you so you become leaders. And you become more than voting for someone every two to four years. You actually take advantage of this thing, which is completely being destroyed, the First and the Second Amendments. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to put up here uh, on the on the website here, this podcast, uh, ashiva.com, uh, truthfreedomhelp.com, chivaforpresident.com. I will also put up the books Dr. Shiva's written so you can order them. I want to also put up the videos that I have watched that that uh, we have shared today so it will make more sense. I encourage all of you. One of the things, David, I'm sorry, to one, your viewers should also know every Thursdays, at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and 8 p.m., I hold what are called open houses. And people can go to vashiva.com or truthfreedomhealth.com, and they can sign up to come to those open houses. We do a lot more discussion. We have people from all over the world. The reason those open houses and town halls are good is people start realizing that they're not alone. The establishment wants to make you feel you're alone, that you can't fight, that you're the only one that and, and everyone else misunderstands you. So... Um, I encourage people to go to the open houses. David, before we sign off, I just want to play my um, uh, video for the Ashiva for President. Is that all right? Please do. Okay. Please do. That's what so to ev ev everyone listening, there's one action step that everyone can do. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Become a warrior scholar. And you can listen to the previous video I played. You will really understand the science of systems. Truth Freedom Health is a community. It's technology. It's education. Um, but the goal is to empower you to become a leader in your community by understanding this science of systems. But my run for president is very, very straightforward. It's about you getting involved. We want to get on the ballot in every state, David. So everyone here can go to shebaforpresident.com. You can volunteer. You can donate. But I'm not a beggar like all these people like Kennedy. Oh, give me money. It's July 1st. is coming. I need money. Why the fuck does Robert Kennedy need money? He's got a billion dollar trust fund. I can't believe people give this guy money. But when you donate to me, I can never take anything for nothing. I give you back books and knowledge. You can go see when you donate to me, you actually get stuff back. Okay. So let me play our video. Uh, Shiva for president. Who would have ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses and coding software. My friends and neighbors are blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14 year old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first US copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remained safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard and Silicon Valley. 
I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not so obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They printed trillions for their friends. They delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption and racism. They transfer trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science, lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out. One set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I exposed Fauci, galvanized the fire Fauci campaign when others remained silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit, exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, health, independent of all of them. Every day millions are learning the science of systems, the knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up, and fight, independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for president of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people, for the working people, who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey, are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health to win back America, be part of this historic movement, all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shivaya Duray, the independent candidate for U.S. President. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shivaya Duray, and I approve this message, paid for by Dr. Shiva for President. David, so that's our video. So those of you, um, I, I just want to thank people. Uh, Cedric Dalton says, I have enjoyed the Thursday town hall meetings. I ordered the bumper stickers and I've shared your links to many friends. One of the things, David, people can do is, uh, you know, I don't know if people know, a simple bumper sticker on your car uh, is seen by 100,000 people a day, David. So people can go, you know, we made it very, very easy, very cost effective. I think it's like five bucks. You put a little bumper sticker on. But our future is offline. These social media platforms are all controlled. Um, and particularly, um, 
the the censorship 10.0 now is they let people like me on, but they put you in a digital cage. Anyway, David, there you go. Good speaking with you. Is there anything you want me? Yeah. Real quickly, there's no digital cage here. I'm going to play this podcast in full, including the videos that you played, the sound, and here's why. Yeah. And I want all of our listeners in all different countries to know why. You just have to last start is it's a way to help people, is to bring goodness to the world and to make the world a better place. And Dr. Shiva, I believe in what you said. I believe in your videos. I believe in that. And that's why, you know, this wasn't about comedy and humor and stuff. This is a completely different thing. It's about truth and it's about health and about freedom and and. I just want to thank you for coming on here. And I'm going to play this in its entirety. No, no editing, no nothing. Yeah, one of the things, David, just be aware, speak to Heather, because as I do more of these whiteboard videos, we're going to give certain people a preview because so you can distribute them along with us. So you can literally have the videos and upload it. So we're going to make the we're going to open source the content. So um, it's going to be part, part of our network. Okay. And I will be I will be part of your networking part with Heather and also uh, be in touch with you. And, and, uh, and I'll give this to Heather as well. And anytime you want to get something out and if you have something new and want to share, you're welcome to come on. You just have to let podcast and we'll share it in the United States and all the other 51 countries that listen to us, doctor. Great. Thank you, David. Everyone all stay on. Thanks, thanks David. Be well. Be the light. Thank you. Thanks. Bye -bye. thanks for your time, doctor. Bye. So to everyone, that was just a uh, podcast I just did. I encourage all of you out there, if you know other local, we want to really support the local podcaster. Um, because the big guys are so afraid of us because they're all in bed with one wing of the establishment. Uh, Rogan knows if I go on Rogan or any of the grifters podcasts, two things are going to happen. Um, I'm going to take away all their audience and it's going to expose them for the fact that for years they've been lying to people and they actively suppress truth. Um, so if you, we have really have no interest in supporting those guys. But if you know smaller podcasters, people who have the notion of breaking from the left and the right, let them know. You can have them send me an email to vashiva at vashiva.com. Uh, contact us on comments. But anyway, I hope uh, all of you in the United States have a, a great July 4th weekend. We are coming to really fighting for our independence. And independence means breaking from the left and the right and from the swarm. Again, the the action steps you can do, I'm a, I really believe in action. Number one, Go to shivaforpresident.com, volunteer and or donate. But remember, when you donate, I actually give you stuff. It's not like, oh, thank you for the money and I give it to consultants. Everything we here do is volunteer-based, but I really love educating people. The second thing is know that for you and your children, that those in power want you to bow down to them. And the only way you rise up out of that is to understand the science of systems. The science of uh, systems is made available at truthfreedomhealth.com, become a warrior scholar. And then once you go through the program, you can give it to as many children as you want. So you get to be a philanthropist. So be part of that. So anyway, and also in closing, remember that every Thursdays at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., we do a very powerful open house. Uh, we do it globally, so you can come at 11 a.m. or at 8 p.m. and go to vashiva.com slash orientation. Anyway, everyone, be the light, be well. I wish you all, um, a good weekend and wherever you are, a good night. And thank you for joining us. Um, be well. Thank you. Have a good day.